Hi, welcome to the Nerd Out episode 85. My name is Lisa. I'm Ritz P. We're girls, and we are going to nerd out with you for the next indeterminate time period, probably between 40 and 60 minutes. Hello, yeah. how are you? Hello, happy uh, new year. Happy new year, guys. You can find <laughs> us at the Nerd Out on Instagram and Twitter. We are on Facebook. We have a page there. You can also email us, info at thenerdout.com. Uh, you can find us, if you are not already listening to us, on iTunes, as well as Stitcher. We're there. We're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we love it when people leave us reviews. So leave us a review. We will read it. Yeah. Um, and unless you suck completely, then maybe we won't read it. I don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? Yeah. Who's to say how we're feeling? Yeah. Uh, but we, we are here in the face of virtually insurmountable technological difficulties. <laughs> so Basically, we do like sucks ass. <laughs> yeah. We do need to give a big like round of the wave to our friend Ritzy P who has persevered, <laughs> endeavored and triumphed. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Let's, let's see how this sounds when, uh, you know, I bring it into yeah. garage band and shit a- like that. Assuming but. this works. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we tried, you know, as some of you know, um, those of you who are avid listeners better effing know, uh, we are currently recording this with me in the great state of Washington and Ritzy in the great state of California. Mm-hmm. And so we are um, joining remotely for this very special time together. And yeah. it is um, it is sort of demanded a certain level of technical prowess to find something that sounds good Lag time's all right, um, easy to import into GarageBand, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and then also you guys have to be um, aware that TI has the most high-tech mic mm. setup in the land. <laughs> uh, we'll post a picture in our Insta story, but also um, she may or may not have the the, you know, the best connection, internet interwebs connection up yeah. in the Wenatchee Valley. That's true. I am in the sticks, and I was <laughs> told when I got internet connection at this like little tiny cabin a mile down a long dirt road in the ass end of nowhere that he said, if you're like 20 feet to one side or the other, I wouldn't have been able to get you internet. Oh, but because shit. I am exactly where I am, uh, I piggyback on internet off of utility poles. And there is a straight shot between me and about uh, half a mile, three-fourths of a mile away, a utility pole along the highway, just a little crack in the trees. And so I get it from that, and it works. Yay! 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 So, yeah, if we sound sound a little robotic, if um, anyone, especially me, sounds terrible, whatever, cut us some slack, guys. We're going to figure it out. Yeah, and um, right now we I am at the Don Studio, but I'm not in our usual, um, well, the usual garage. Where I am is in my office that is, um, slight, you know, connected to the kitchen, and um, the rice cooker is a bubbling. <laughs> <laughs> What's for dinner tonight? <laughs> oh, just a little well, bit. We of also we also never we never record at this time. Exactly. So Ritzy's making dinner. What's for dinner? Um, a little bit of the green curry. Um, mm. So steamed white rice. And uh, possibly going to try these little kale nugget things. I don't know. Heat those up in the oven. It takes like five minutes or something like that. But yeah, we're going to try that. Something simple. Hey. Something I could cook while we're recording. Hey, guess what's for dinner here? 
Um, rabbit? <laughs> no, cider. <laughs> I just opened up a cider. Oh, nice. <laughs> because you were like, I'm at the feed stores. I don't know. I don't know what your life is now. I don't no, know what your no. rural life is no. now. You don't. I don't. You don't know my life. Um, <laughs> but I am having. I'm having some cider, which is a big thing in this part of the world. Um, so yeah, I'm having some cider, and I'm going to cook a little um, chicken tikka masala later. No oh, big deal. No big deal. No, yeah. no big whoop. No big That's whoop. Nice. I know. Um, so hey, happy New Year to happy you and New to everyone. Year. Feliz Año Nuevo. Yeah, we made it. We survived fucking 2017. Dude. Barely. 20, 2017 sucked. Dude, it sucks. <laughs> so it sucks so much so that, you know, every year in the beginning of the year, it takes everyone, it takes me at least, about a month to get used to writing 20, the new year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. There is no problem here. I went yeah. to the Supernatural <laughs> Bears uh, piano lesson. I was putting the date. My, it's like it was right in before I even thought it, 2018. Because it's like, right. fuck that shit. Let's get out December, of it. December 1st, you're like, 2018. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Uh, I engaged in the exercise of all navel gazing people um, on social media and did the like best nine on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was looking at it and I was like, you know, I there were a couple incredible high points of 2017, but for the most part, 2017 was the worst. So here's to 2018. Yes, here's to 2018. And you survived it, T.I. You survived it. I did. I survived it. I sure did. You did. A lot of us survived a lot of shit, but you survived a grip of shit. So thank Thank you you. for still being here. Thank you for still doing this. It's amazing. Of course. Of course. You are my sanity. (laughs) And you, you, our beloved listeners. Um, Speaking (laughs) of one listener in particular, I think that we have a special Happy New Year from our friend Juan Aguilar. Juan Aguilar, we posted on Instagram and Facebook, you know, just a little, little happy new years. And he says, Lisa, would you like to take the honors? Happy new year, nerds. Thanks. Thanks, Juan Aguilar. (laughs) Thank you. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. Yeah, we can always count on you. And in this time of upheaval and change, it is nice to know that we have you. (laughs) Yes. Um, okay, so starting out 2018, a couple of things have happened in the ne- in the last couple of days. One being something that we discuss here every year, Coachella. The Coachella oh, line right. just came out yesterday, that's kids. That's right. That's right. So I wanted to see what you thought of, if you even had a chance to look at it. Also, are you going to be working this year? Uh, yes, I will be working this year for sure. Nice, um, nice. 110%. Um, in looking at it... Um, <laughs> You know, I think the the thing that I responded to the most and the people of a certain age responded to the most for sure Mm -hmm. is that Jamiroquai is playing Friday. That's huge. That's huge. That's really big. And I think that it's super cute that there are a bunch of youngsters who are like, who the fuck is Jamiroquai? Because no one has heard anything from them in like 20 years. You know what, young ones, you would be correct. But uh, I have an excellent authority that um, Paul, who books Coachella, has been trying to get Jamiroquai since year one. And every year has gone to the carpet trying to get this guy. And every year he does not do it. And then finally he did this year. And that that is his one of the things that he's happiest about, about having this year. And anybody anybody of a certain age, anyone probably over like mid-30s, 
is probably like, fuck yes, Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai yeah. is so much fun. And I, in, when I saw that, I was like, holy shit, Jamiroquai. Did a little Google. Apparently, Jamiroquai had an album that came out like a few years ago, a couple yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was apparently pretty good. Yeah, I, I remember it coming out, and I don't think, I don't know if I even listened to it, but you know who did, and you know who's super fucking stoked right now? Our good friend, Karen Hernandez. Karen, Karen, no one is more excited than Karen Hernandez. She's going fucking bananas. She's going crazy. I think she might have fainted. Um, she's all about it. She goes every year anyways. That's who I rolled with last year. Um, she's all about this. Like, anytime I hear Jamiroquai, I think of her. Like, immediately. Like, I love him, but I don't. Lo- I'm not on the level of her, like that she is. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's all about it. Jamiroquai is just, if you guys don't know it, just happy, like, upbeat. I mean, it's very 90s, but it's, like, happy, upbeat, awesome music. So I, am I for one, am very happy about that. Like, overall, you know, starting probably, like, five, ten years ago, I started looking at this, and I was like, I don't know half of these bands. <laughs> and that tradition continues. But um, for me, like... Coachella is a chance to see some real random people that you would never get to see otherwise. Yeah. So for me, I'm actually kind of excited about some of the, some of the shit that's like midway down. Um, like, uh, uh, what was one Nile Rogers with chic. That's crazy. That's awesome. That's, That's going to be crazy. great. That's going to be like a serious dance party. And if you say, don't know who Nile mm-hmm. Rogers or Sheik is, then no, you better like, put your, yeah, you put your fucking headband on and you get down there <laughs> and you like dance your ass off. That's going to yeah. be amazing. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about else? you? Any, what do you think? Anyone else that you're excited about? Uh, you know, like I'm excited to see Miguel. I think it's kind of interesting um, on Sunday that like the fourth artist down the ticket is a perfect circle who headlines like six years yeah. ago. Yeah. No, no, no. So that, that's that's that. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like to me, I don't know anymore. Going to Coachella is really a chance to discover new music and to see some bands that like, just don't tour. This is the only thing that gets them out, whatever. Like that's, that's it for me. Like a lot of this other stuff, like the war on drugs, um, St. Vincent, Tyler, the creator, David Byrne, um, Portugal, the man, whatever, like been there, done that. It's totally cool. I know I'm old and, and dated, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like that's what, uh, that's what I, I'll go. I'll learn some new things and I'll see like three artists and I'm like, holy fuck. I'm seeing Jamiroquai slash Miguel slash now <laughs> Rogers was chic. Done. No, that's awesome. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going that I know of right now, unless, you know, someone hooks me up again, but, um, there's a lot of, my friend bought tickets before even knowing the lineup and she hasn't been. And I was like, Oh, you know, you know, at least, you know, Beyonce is going to be there if you're a Beyonce fan. Yeah, and, then, um, and so I was like, you know, that's a spectacle. I used to hear there for that. And then yeah. the lineup came out yesterday and I, was, I saw her and I was like, dude, I was like, I go, even if you don't know these bands, I go, there's a lot of people that I've seen or that I want to see, or that I'm a huge fan of that are like second, third, fourth, fifth lying down and they're amazing. So it's like so much amazing music on all three days. I'm pretty excited for anyone like anyone like you or anyone else going that, you know, it's going to go roam around the different tents and stuff to experience these people. A lot of them I saw, it's, I was telling Dalen, I was like, it's, I go, it's Coachella. I go, it's kind of like a FIF fest. 
you know, and she's like, it's kind of like a camp flog now. Like the same people that would play at those festivals are playing this yeah. or they've yeah. already played. It's like the similar lineups, but I think it's pretty rad. Um, I just think it's weird. I never thought the day would come that we would see Migos and like Cardi B at Coachella. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, like, Right. And while you were saying that, it made me think like, God, you're a jaded asshole because like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. The headliners are cool. We have the weekend night one. We have Beyonce night two. We have Eminem night three. Those are three artists that I will be stoked to see at least a couple songs by. But I like kind of look back at like Coachella's of your pa- of years past and like to me, Coachella is not about every year. Coachella gets to have the weekend or Beyonce or Eminem. When you have a, a Coachella that's all three of those headlining, it's a little boring. But you know what? I'm fucking old. What do I know? Yeah, but I don't know. Like I just feel like you know that you would have one mainstream person, Beyonce. Got it? Done it? Like of course, put her up there. She's a superstar. And then you have you always have one older, like old school, big headliner. Eminem, mm-hmm. got it. Mm-hmm. Weekend, he, I know he's big, but I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan. I can't, I, can't, I actually am kind of a big fan, and I have been a big fan of his and was actually super following very closely the whole signing derby to get him signed to a label. I liked his indie shit way before he was signed, but oh, I, I know, so step <laughs> off, you guys. But... I just, I don't think that live he's that compelling. Yeah. Unless maybe he's going to like bring some pyrotechnics or something. Like I would just, I would be just as happy seeing Jamiroquai, frankly, because Jamiroquai is going to have like lights and everything. It seemed like he should be like the headliner that day. You know what I mean? Like he's the big get. Um, But yeah, like, um, you know, Scissor's really big. That's great. But I'm talking about people like Daniel Caesar. I just got into Daniel Caesar. He's the second row. He's amazing. Do not know. Oh my God. He's so good. And he's like, and there's a lot of people that do a lot of people on every day, each day that do songs, cameos on each other's songs. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of like that, you know, Kalela, like a bunch of people that I've seen that are, I can give you some hot tips of like, who's so amazing that I seen live that you're, I'm, I'm sure you're going to love. But one thing I did notice when I looked at this um, and like looked at the second to last rows is that, um, did you see that Jason Bentley is on the, Oh no, I didn't. What day? <laughs> On Saturday, uh-huh. so I'm sure like he he's like yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Jason Bentley, he's a DJ for Morning Becomes Eclectic on KCRW, yeah, yeah. which is like which is like the NPR station in LA that everybody on their mother and their mother's cousin and their mother's cousin's daughters, you know, dude that washes her car listens to in LA. Yeah. And it's, you know, and everyone knows Jason Bentley, but he always goes and he broadcasts from Coachella, but I'm thinking like, this is, and I hear he's a douche. And so I feel like this is going to be extra <laughs> douchey level because he's like, yeah, like, you know, my set. At- <laughs> like, I hate to say it. I actually, I know him a little bit and he's a little douchey, but he's also <laughs> like, he's, he's somebody that arrives at his douchiness by way of like sincerity. So like, you know, you kind of got to give him that. <laughs> like, he's not totally affected. He is just who he is. And, and his, he's not douchey. He's just a little like he's the person that the cool kids roll their eyes at behind his back, and they're like, "Oh I mean, my god, he's fucking like, Jason!" He's a, is a tastemaker. I mean, I will give him that. I'm not saying that he's, he's not, got but yeah, awesome taste in music. Yeah, 
Yeah. There are few better DJs for the kind of shit that he does yeah. on the West Coast, perhaps in the world. Yeah. So, totally. okay, like, Jason. I am a, okay, Jason. Yeah. We got you. you. We got you. I see you, Jason. Bunny. I see you, Jason. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a clusterfuck. I'm a little upset that the Migos are listed before Cardi B. I feel Cardi B should be way up there. Um, I have not gotten into Cardi B. I kind of tried and I didn't get there. Do I need to try harder? I think it's more of what she stands for that and and that makes you kind of more down with her music um, and the barriers it, that she's breaking. Is it because she's a stripper? No, it's not not just that. I mean, just what she she did, like she speaks her mind. She talks about like I hate Nicki Minaj with the passion, and it's like, yeah. bitch, just tell us you got those are butt implants. Like that's fine. Like if you yeah. if you, that's yeah. what you want to do, da, da, da. like Cardi B is like, yeah, I paid for this, I paid for that. Like she's just super honest. She's very empowered. Like she's empowering in a very unique way. She's very likable. It's like she's getting better and better, like skill wise. Um, I mean. That song that she's on, uh, the G-Eazy song, I don't even care to hear G-Eazy's part or um, anyone else's part on there. Like, I just like her part on there. Like, it's catchy. She's doing really well. She's breaking records. Um, I, th- I just think she's awesome what she represents. I mean, she does, like, Insta stories, and she's, like, no makeup, a bra, <laughs> like, shorts. Yeah. And just, I don't know. There's something about her that's super refreshing and so relatable on so many levels. Um, I don't know. And so, anyways, the fact that she's, you know, engaged to one of the Migos offset, and I just don't like them that much. I just wish that she was, like, up on the... <laughs> yeah. Do you... Um, have you heard in within the past day, I think it was late yesterday or early this morning... She and Bruno Mars released the video for Finesse. Yeah, that's what I was going to I put on to talk about. I posted the video. I was waiting for the video. It came out last night at midnight, um, Eastern Standard Time, and I've been waiting for it because I'm a late bloomer to Bruno Mars. He can be kind of Cornsville, but he this album is amazing because it's all 90 sounding. Um, yeah. So yeah. I love that sound. So basically that song was already out since 2016 on his album on uh, 24 Carat. And then he did this remix with Cardi B. The video is fantastic. I posted it on um, every social media because it's a tribute to living color. So it's like a living color set. It's the dances. It's the, it's the look and the feel it's the fashion and it, you know, Oh, that's my rice. My rice is ready. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh yes. If you have this type of rice cookie, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's ready. Um, I put it on quick. So it'll be done quicker. Um, so yeah. And so I posted and it, it was so I was like freaking out. I was like, this is so amazing because it junior, it came out when living color came out when I was in junior high and I was, you know, I was a dancer, right. Hip hop dancer. So, and when that came out, it was amazing itself. The sketches, it represented like our people, our time, um, our comedy. And then when the dancers came out and then JLo came out, I was like, cause at, at my school, I was like one of the only Latinas. It was either, if you're Latina is like, you usually only listen to new wave you know what I'm saying? 91X and all that shit. I listened to everything, but I loved hip hop and I loved to dance. So I was like one of the only Latinas who, who, you know, they would say, oh, she could totally dance. And I'd do all the routines. I'd be in the talent shows and da, da, da. So, you know, to see myself in JLo, you know, we didn't know what she was going to become, but just to be like, oh my gosh, she's such an amazing dancer. She was my 
idol of all time. All those dancers were like, I knew all of their names. And so me and my friends, we, we would talk the next day about the sketches and about the dancers and the dance moves. So like, mm-hmm. it was so important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'd be like, Oh, what's the latest move? You know, cause Rosie Perez was choreographing that shit. So she was always on top of the, the latest and greatest and sending, you know, setting trends and the latest dance moves. So we're super excited. So when I saw that, I posted it and I was tagging like all my friends at different schools at different times that we did competitions <laughs> and I was like tagging them and stuff like, Oh my God. And so everyone was going crazy. Um, so I was super excited. Have you seen the video? I have not seen the video. I was actually saving it because I kept hearing about it earlier and I was only on my phone and I emailed myself a link to it. I was all, no, this is something that I want to watch either on my TV or on my computer. Cause I want to get like the full experience. Oh yeah. So it's it's I, fantastic. I, I yeah. Yeah. You're going to yeah. want it to like a couple of times just to get everything. And the DJ that's in it, she's a local DJ here. She was also Prince's DJ, um, DJ Rashida. So she's in the DJ position, like back in the days, like, um, what's his name? I forget his name. It was, it was one of the brothers first, you know, remember how the DJ was up on the balcony? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it was there. And then some of the the two of the dancers, there's three girl dancers, two of the dancers. Um, I follow them. <laughs> I follow all kinds of dancers on <laughs> um, Instagram and on YouTube. I love that about you. I love that about they're, you. They're, they're choreographers and they're fucking amazing. So it was to see them on there. I was like, oh man, they're going to be seen by so many people. I mean, they're already known in the dance world. And then I was like, what, you know, what's interesting to me is what JLo thinks about it because, you know, they're emulating her time and like her beginning. And I don't know. I think that's so exciting. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cool. So that's fantastic. What else? What, 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 what's, what's, what's that right here? The other, thing wanted, the other <laughs> thing I wanted to mention um, for some of our um, slightly different kinds of nerds in the audience is that uh, my book club has all gone in and be also, we have a parallel club. It is the cryptocurrency club. And for those of you who don't know what cryptocurrency is, I can't help you a whole lot. But if you know what Bitcoin is or have an idea about it, that helps. It is um, money that is not physical money. It is digital money. And I just want to say that uh, we talked about it forever, kind of jokingly about how like we needed to have a cryptocurrency club because one of the girls in our group is like super smart and active in that space. And eventually right before Christmas where everybody in the club spearheaded by B, thank you very much. <laughs> everybody in the club kicked in, boom, hundred bucks. So it's like, everybody can afford to lose a hundred bucks, put it in there. And I would just like you to know that as of today, my hundred dollars in two weeks has appreciated to $479. Shut the fuck up. Yes, that's right. It's probably going to all go away tomorrow. And so uh, we, we've been having like a, a very long-winded conversation via email as to what do we do with this money? I was like, park half of it and reinvest the other half. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, I'm the voice of reason. It's what I do over here. Um, but we've been working on it and it's actually been really interesting. So I imagine that some of our listening nerds might also have some thoughts or ideas about cryptocurrency. Dude, I know nothing about it. If you have an idea, <laughs> Tweeted us, let me know at the nerd out. I don't know. What do I do? Do I sit on it? Do I just keep investing? It's a hundred dollars. Like it's a hundred dollars. But at the same time, in the grand scheme of life, you can lose a hundred dollars. Yeah. And, you, yeah, and totally. you'll be cool. You'll be cool. 
That's awesome. That because I see everyone posting and talking about it. Like it's just like nonstop. And I was like telling me Osito, I was like, I don't know what they're doing, but I feel like I need to know more about this. It's a, <laughs> it's a bubble. It's a bubble for sure. Like okay. my rudimentary knowledge, like basically instead of having physical money, you can purchase digital money. Then like, you know, first things first, you need to figure out how do you store digital money? If you keep storing it online, there's a chance it can be hacked. So what many people do is they buy um, a very special, super encrypted external hard drive and they quote unquote, move their digital money to the external hard drive. So then you can unplug it at the end of the day and like sleep with it under your pillow and like a gun (laughs) and whatever it is that you need to do to keep it safe. I'm not even fucking kidding. That's crazy. Cryptocurrency is a weirdly bizarre market. And if you take it seriously, I don't know what to do with you, but you can make some money as evidenced by lots of people making money. And as evidenced by yours truly. Yeah. Who's made like almost 400 bucks in two weeks doing nothing. That's amazing. I've seen like my friends post like screenshots of their shit and they're talking about like, I don't know, but remember how long ago was it that Bitcoins came about and people are like, oh, that's not going anywhere. No one's doing that. It was a few few years. God, somebody will roast me. They'll be like, um, it was four years, not three years. (laughs) But when it first came out, like you could buy a Bitcoin for like more or less a dollar, I think less. And if you had a Bitcoin right now, I mean, I don't know, it's been a few weeks since I've actually paid any attention, but Bitcoins are now worth thousands of dollars. That's crazy. What the actual fuck? And you know what? I tell you what, cryptocurrency makes no goddamn sense as far as I'm concerned, but you know what else makes no goddamn sense? Money. It's paper. (laughs) The only thing that makes, the only thing that makes like money, paper money work is that we all agree that like, yeah, I'll respect the fact that that's paper money. Yeah. Like, so you can just transfer that over to the digital world. Who knows? That's but yeah, crazy. so that's my thing. I am, I'm just hanging out, making shitloads of money while we're sitting here talking, motherfuckers. Must be nice. Must be. You know, it'd be <laughs> awesome if we have any listeners out there that are, you know, well-versed yeah. in cryptocurrency and want to be a guest. Or oh, yeah. send us you a wanna... little ver- a voicemail or something. Like, reach out. We're here. You, you know something about this? you come on here and you talk to us about it and maybe you yeah. school me or maybe yeah. I even grab Jill from my book club and Jill comes and talks to us about it. Yeah, Jill's, a bit yeah. Jill's a cryptocurrency nerd, but maybe you're a better nerd. I don't know. We Jill. won't know Let's until you reach Jill. out. Where does Jill live? She lives in LA. Uh, yeah. She lives in Palm Springs right now, but she's moving back to LA uh, this summer. Okay. All right. And who wouldn't? Um, so other things to talk about. Um, Yesterday I heard a podcast. Okay. So podcasts last time we recorded, which was what a week and a half ago or so. Mm-hmm. I, I told you about my dad wrote a porno. Yes. Can you please reveal? <laughs> so I was driving, um, to like El Segundo or somewhere like Torrance or something like that. And I was listening to it, uh, at night, uh, I was rolling. I, mm-hmm. I was rolling. I think I'm down to go to the live <laughs> um, show that's coming. When is that again? Was it this month? Uh, late February. Okay, I'm I'm yeah. down. I didn't I I wasn't I I didn't need to like uh listen to a grip of them. I, it's, it was kind of hard. Like you really want to listen to it because I think also because of their accents. But yeah, what's the what's the the female 
The redhead Alice, chick. Alice, maybe. She's, she's fucking hilarious. She's fantastic. She is fantastic. She and is so funny. Yeah. I really suggest, recommend that if you, you know, even if you don't go and listen to every single one, at least the first two episodes are fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. I was laughing so hard about halfway through the first episode that I nearly drove off the road. (laughs) But then I was recently on a road trip and my road trip companion was like, I'm going to sleep. This is boring. So you never know. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. So I just want to say after really like putting all my chips, all my cryptocurrency chips on the table (laughs) with, um, so my dad wrote a porno. Uh, The other thing that I want to follow up with is a very interesting political podcast called Majority 54. We will have a link to it uh, on our website, thenerdout.com. And Majority 54 is kind of interesting. It it takes a tact. It's a guy, a military guy who identifies as a Democrat and... uh, he majority 54 means like the 54% of the people that didn't vote for Trump, whatever. So sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes it's boring. It's maybe like four or five episodes into their whole podcasting arc. And the format of his thing is he finds somebody who is an advocate for a certain issue, be it, um, he talked to a guy who is, uh, I hesitate to call it like a black lives matter advocate. He's more, he's a civil rights activist Okay. and he, and he makes a big effort to say like, look, I'm not one of the black lives people. This is what I do. I'm over here. But he is like a super like facial tattooed full on like former felon gang member who has been elected to office in Michigan And, um, he has kind of like other very interesting people who come at like kind of a left perspective. Okay. And like, I've listened to a couple of them and been like, yeah, it's cool. Like I got my dick in my hand. I'm kind of like jerking off about being a Democrat. That's fun. (laughs) But the thing that I really liked about the most recent episode about the wall is that this guy is a former military guy and he's run for office a couple times, like, you know, kind of conservative Democrat guy, but he talks to a fellow who owns property and land along the border of Mexico and his family for like generations has done uh, cattle ranching there. And he's sort of like Nogales Norte. The um, he refers to he's like Nogales is a city in Mexico, and Nogales, Arizona, is a suburb of that city. And he's like, we have um, like we don't have a Walmart and a Costco and a this and a Home Depot and whatever because my town of like fifty thousand people wants to go there. We have it because people are coming up from Mexico to shop here. Mm. And he is a pretty hardcore Republican who has run for office a couple of times and who kind of like ripped, reluctantly ripped up his Republican card in the last election because he's like, I don't feel like the federal government understands um, how we need to be thinking about the border and that a border is a gateway. It's not a wall. Yeah. And it was the most fascinating. This guy is like just he's such a hick and he's like super folksy. But listening to him talk, I was like, can somebody like make this guy the president? Because he is amazing. (laughs) It was the most it was like politically the most interesting podcast I've listened to in six months. So I highly recommend I'll have a link to it. The podcast is called Majority 54. It's the most recent podcast called The Wall. Uh, You can't miss it. 
And it is really, really fascinating, like listening to somebody who is on the ground, who is super conservative, who is kind of really breaking down what it means to have immigrants to um, try to build up a local economy. It's fascinating. God, it totally blew my mind listening to it. I loved it. I'll listen to it. Sounds, Sounds interesting. Yeah. So that's what I got. Have you been listening to any other podcasts? Um, just, you know, RuPaul's What the Tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, oh, yeah, I have been. Um, so, you know, the G's, I talk about them on here often. Yeah. So the that G's. Means- that means the gays. Yeah, the gays. Um, <laughs> there are two, and not gays as the the whole population of gays. But like <laughs> your just, friends, just two, just two gays that they date. Um, you know, they're together and they're uh, re- they're like family to me. They're uh, supernatural bears uncles. So one they're of they're amazing. So Danny, um, I call him Cabezon, which in Spanish means big head big-headed. Um, so Cabezon, he sent me, you know, we're always talking about different podcasts and stuff. He drives pretty far back and forth um, in the morning uh, in traffic for work. So he's always looking for a new podcast. So he turned me on to a new podcast called Me and the Gay Homie. <laughs> I like the name. Yeah. And so <laughs> I tweeted them and I was like, hey, I was like, my gay homie. <laughs> <laughs> Introduce so, me. That I should listen to your gay homie. <laughs> you and your gay homie. And they follow us on Instagram um, and Twitter, maybe. Yeah. So, anyways, the it's uh, two African American, young Af- African American dudes. And uh, one is born and raised here in LA, previous gang life. The other one is an actor. And I believe he was raised in Washington, DC, but mostly in um, Florida. Maybe he went to, he went to how I know he went to Howard university. And so okay. they, they work together and that that's how they met and they're friends. So basically the one dude from LA, he's, super duper straight and then he has his gay homie and it's very fascinating because especially in the african-american community there's such a you know uh, a stigma such a oh yes uh you know to be out to be um you know same-sex oriented um especially a male you know you hear all the time about being on the dl on the down low and and all the stuff like that so they're they're uniting to talk about and they're real what i really like about is they're just real real like you know if if the straight guys were like you know well i thought maybe he was trying to get with like you know he was feeling uncomfortable they're really open um they just put it on the table they're funny too um one is maybe a little bit closer to our uh, age bracket because of his references because then the gay home you, like, you mean oh. over 30 yeah maybe he's over 30 or maybe he's like <laughs> I don't know has other exposure but the other one's a little bit younger because he'll always clown and be like oh because you were born in the 70s how dare you sir no but it's 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 a it's maybe only they've only done it since the beginning of last year. They've already done like a live uh, podcast. Um, and I just really like what they're doing. They're being honest and being real and genuine. And I really appreciate Gavason that you introduced me to me and the gay homie. Uh, please put a link to that into our show notes Will so do. that I can post it for all of the nice people who are listening. Will do. Um, so- um, what so yeah, that? I don't know. Podcasts are great. Let's talk about movies. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's weird because we're not in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know. Normally, we can just look at each other and no. yeah, we give the the, the no, brow. Not now. Not now. We're like, uh, uh-uh, cut it off. Nope. Um. So, <laughs> before we get into movies, I just want to continue the Star Wars combo just a tiny bit. Um, yeah, it is going full strength. Full strength. I went to see. <laughs> um, do you remember Dennis Argenzia? No. So this is a guy that was in the music industry for a long time. And basically he's like the director of maybe all of Asia for Live Nation. But he's a good friend of mine. So he was in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So he's in him and his uh, wife and his son were in town from Shanghai. So, you know, he hit up a bunch of us like to get together. So his Airbnb wasn't big enough for all of us, you know, couldn't accommodate all of us and our kids. So we ended up meeting at Griffith Park. And um, I met some of his friends that I, maybe I met briefly, like before he left, like many, many years ago, like 10 or 12 years ago. And then um, one of them is like, he owns his own gaming company. And then he does like illustrations and worlds for different um, games. And then another one, like they're all like in their forties uh, nerds. <laughs> Right. Okay. So when they started talking about Star Wars, it was like a little cipher. We're like in the round in the middle of like trees. And I was like, excuse me, what was that? So then we started talking about it and it was hilarious because it was the same topics. It was the same problems. It was the same issues. And it was split where some liked it and didn't like it was the same. It's so fascinating. So I was telling him, I was like, you know, I go have a podcast and, you know, we getting, we've been getting reviews and we've been having these discussions. Um, and I was like, yeah, it seems to be that if you didn't really care for the force awakens, you kind of really liked this movie and vice versa. And then we talked about rogue one. It was fascinating to me that we were like, and then one guy was like, the fact that we're having an argument, and we're talking, we're so passionate and talking about this movie says something. And I was uh-huh. like, yeah, totally. Um, I was like, but you know, just like I said on our last episode, I was like, but we all know good and well that when the next one comes out, <laughs> we are there. Oh, opening night, opening <laughs> night. Make no mistake. <laughs> yeah. And then one of the, the guy who does the gaming, his wife works for Sony or used to work for Sony. And she, and then when she heard me tell the story about like, you know, the force awakens and how that kind of did takes, you know, if you're going to like this, uh, the last Jedi, she's like, really? She's like, do you think it's more women that feel that way? Or, and I was like, no, I go, I go, the people that we've talked to and my friends and the people that we got, you know, reviews for, I go, it's kind of pretty much down straight down the middle. I go, it's really fascinating. Um, cause someone told her something like, Oh, you probably liked it. Cause you're a girl. <laughs> oh, uh-uh. Stop there. Hell no. Uh, yeah. Oh, so. God. That is, like, my least favorite argument for anything. Like, <laughs> I love so much, like, raw testosterone and just, like, jerking off. I love that stuff so much. Like, don't try to make it a girl thing. No. That's at them's fighting no. words. Um, But... Um, what I did also hear since our recording is that some people that were they hated it or were super disappointed or were kind of meh like we were, a lot of us were, they went to see it again and then they enjoyed it. Okay. Well, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to see it again. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Um, And you know, while I am on the topic of being like, "Uh uh-uh, there ain't no such thing as a girl thing, I would like to tell you about a movie that I saw that is so much about a girl thing. (laughs) 
Um, so another movie that I have seen recently, um, I've seen a few like kind of Academy Awards movies because that's what time of the year it is, yeah. is I saw three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which uh, was directed by a guy named Martin McDonough who directed In Bruges, if anyone has seen that. Many people love that movie. It's like a big cult favorite. It has um, Colin Farrell. And uh, I'm blanking on the other guy. It's 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 a very it's a very testosterone movie, as a matter of fact. Okay. Um, but so he directed this new movie. Wrote and directed this new movie. Uh, Frances McDermott is the is the heroine of it. Um, she's the woman in Fargo oh, yeah. and has mm-hmm. been in like a shitload of um, of indie movies. She's like kind of awesome and has this sort of like weathered steely vibe to her. And so I really enjoyed this movie. It was about a woman who, whose daughter was found um, raped and burned Ugh. and in a small town. Mm. And she is frustrated by the fact that the local police officers won't do anything about it. So she ends up, spoiler alert, I guess, although it happens in the first three minutes of the movie, <laughs> she ends up taking over these thrill- three billboards coming into town that are calling the sheriff to task. That's like, hey, Sheriff, why the fuck haven't you found who <laughs> raped and burned my daughter? And the sheriff in this case is Woody Harrelson, oh. who is amazing. And um, it's just, and who's the other guy? Sam, gosh, what's his name? <laughs> I want to say Sam Kinison. That's not it. <laughs> he was in, he was, uh, Sam, he was in the Charlie's Angel, the first Charlie's Angel movie. Anyway. Um, super great character actor, and it's it's kind of like a oh the I guy who played the Gong Show guy. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like sort of a, a meditation over a month, perhaps, in the life of this small town. And um, so she takes these billboards out. This impacts the sheriff, who is like, "Can I maybe ask that you take these down?" And we are doing everything that we can. And it's kind of like. This whole super thorny, it's like a big knot that you kind of have to unravel over the course of the movie and figure out, like, who knows what? Who knows this? Who knows that? How did it happen? How did this happen? Who's a good guy? Who's a bad guy? And the one thing that I will say that is so fucking gratifying, especially as a woman, but also just as a person, is that Frances McDermott is, in this movie, she is, like, rage personified. She's... She is estrogen-fueled rage personified. She goes into rooms and does things that you were like, only a woman could do this, and I can't <laughs> fucking believe she's doing it. Wow. And and then you, like, laugh delightedly, and you're also very ashamed. And <laughs> it's it's fascinating, like, like, what she does and the way that she handles things. And this guy, Sam, whose last name I can't remember, he's, like, this terrible racist um, sheriff's deputy who has a reputation for roughing up black kids in the yeah. area. And it's like, just kind of like, it's really, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really about their relationship and how she's like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? And he is such a fuck up and he fucks everything up. But it's, it's really like, I don't normally, I'll be honest. I don't normally like, like that kind of heavy handed, um, quote unquote, like message movies, but this was so good. I oh. loved it. Oh, I ate it up with a spoon. Like the acting was so good. Everybody was great. It was, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I really, really enjoyed it. And I highly recommend it. And what everyone wants, everyone to, know, wants to know, was it too long? Too long. 
Um, yeah, but not by a whole lot. Okay. All right. Almost made it. Almost made it. Um, Almost made it. Almost made it. Another question. Does, do you, do we find out who was, um, who did it? No answers. No answers. I mean, maybe it's, it's (laughs) open-ended. Maybe, maybe like I've talked to people who saw and they're like, oh yeah, I think I thought it was great. They did this. And I was like, I don't know. Was that really the thing? I don't Uh, know. But not in an annoying way. Not in a way that you're like kicking a can and you're like, fuck, like I didn't get a resolution. You didn't need a resolution. Got it. Like you got, you got the resolution you needed. It was, it's good. I highly recommend. There's no floating Um, princess Leia's. (laughs) <laughs> There's no floating Princess Leia. She's not like using the force to fucking get her ass back on the ship. There's none of that shit. Bitter, bitter, still bitter. Bitter, little bitter, little bitter. Um, the other movie that I have seen that is probably not an Oscar contender, although it was surely intended to be, is Wind River, which is uh, Jeremy Renner and um, uh, the cute Olsen. What's her name? Oh, the, the, one oldest, the youngest one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The one who's in like the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hawkeye and the Scarlet Witch are in a movie together. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it takes place um, on a reservation in Wyoming. And it's about, um, it's really about, it's about indigenous people's rights. And yeah. um, there's uh, there's kind of a whole larger backstory about the fact that uh, Native women are involved in a disproportionately large amount of missing persons cases and that nobody tracks it. And so the movie is about crime committed against Native women and people, this sort of unlikely duo who are tasked to solve a particular crime. Oh. It is a very interesting movie without hitting you over the head with like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is like a fucking full-on moral movie. It's not. It's just like a very interesting movie about um, men and women and indigenous people and white America and really at the end of the day, most importantly, kind of a whodunit. And I liked it a lot. I thought it was a little bit about the white savior yeah, I was gonna say. But I was like, I was, I was about to ask if any of the, uh, you know, Native yeah. Americans are like the stars or the leads. The Native Americans clearly have a corner on the best roles in the movie for sure. Yeah, so it's white savior. There's a little white savior going on, but I did think that you know it was still like you know if you look at it from that perspective, an interesting movie. If you look at it overall from the perspective of most people who are like white, just want to see something interesting. This yeah. is a great movie. <laughs> it's a good. It's a good whodunit. Maybe you'll. I don't know. Maybe your mind will be expanded a little bit. Maybe not. But it's just a really good movie. Um, I would give it a B. A B. Okay. All right. I, I definitely want to see that. It sounds very, I want to see those last two that you said for sure. And then what's, uh, you saw the big sick. Yeah. And then the final, the final movie that I have kind of a similar complaint about complaint slash praise is the big sick, which, um, I'd heard about for a while and I wish I could remember his last name, Kamal something or another. Mm-hmm. Um, an Indian slash Pakistani actor that you have seen in, you know, half a dozen things if you watch anything on television. And it's a, I didn't realize, a true story, kind of a fictionalized true story about yeah. his relationship, about meeting his wife and how they got married. Judd Apatow and, well, uh, produced? Spoiler alert. 
Yeah, spoiler alert. So um, it's basically a story about in a Pakistani guy who meets a white girl and they like fall in love and everything's great. And then she has this major health issue and is very sick and is in a coma in the hospital. And he has to deal with her family <laughs> who are very white and his family who is like not at all fucking interested in him meeting and hanging out with a white lady. So, um, you know, it's like a cute kind of romantic comedy slash romantic comedy with the, with the conscience. It's a very cute, like, you know, I got something going on in the background maybe and, and want to watch this, but like, I want to check my phone every once in a while. It's in that kind of movie. Yeah. It was, it was really cute. I liked it. I thought it was, it was, it was an Amazon prime movie and I'm kind of following Amazon's movie releases with a little bit of interest because they're doing some interesting things. Yes, they are. But this is, this has been, this is like one of maybe the second year that they actually put out like a couple original movies and this will surely, if not be nominated for big awards, people will be talking about it in the bigger world, big award world. Yeah. Um, and I liked that at the end he showed, they show pictures of him and his actual wife. Um, yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I heard a lot of stuff about it just because I, uh, some of the people that I follow or listen to here on some podcasts are comics. So they all talk, mm-hmm. you know, they talk about it and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, saw it and you know, you know, Ruben, he reminds me of Ruben. <laughs> He's like oh, really? Pakistanian Ruben, his face and some of the things, like, <laughs> what, like some of his mannerisms and stuff. It was hilarious. I sent it to him. He goes, oh, he's cute. <laughs> it's funny. Um, yeah. No, I recommend it. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you could watch that movie for free. Yeah. Watch it for free. Like you can do worse things in your life, um, <laughs> including watching 90% of anything else anywhere. Then watching this movie, which is a cute romantic comedy. Yeah. Hey, look, if if you're with your, like your dude or your lady, and you just want a little light entertainment, this is awesome light entertainment. It's great. Yeah, or like say you're PMSing, or you're already surfing the crimson wave, and you just want something oh, light. Get your snackies. That's brave. That's brave. Get your snackies, <laughs> and there you might know. be tears. There will be tears. <laughs> yeah, get your snackies, get your tissues. I'll just play. Get your tissues. <laughs> get your your cobija, your blanket. Yeah, you're good. You're good. That's one of those moves. Um, yeah, but that's a good into, segue. Yeah. that's a good segue into TV stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me try one of these things because just because I want to. <laughs> oh my god! I love it. I love it. All right. <laughs> TV. So last time I think we, did we talk about Godless or were you going to go talk about Godless? We did. We did. We okay. talked about Godless a little bit, but have you watched more of it or do you have anything else to add? No, I just watched I all watched of it. it. I will. I will. Okay. So you're going to watch it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Watch it, please. And if anyone, any of you have watched it, uh, I would love to hear your thoughts, um, especially the females that uh, listen to us. I would love to hear your thoughts on Godless. It's up for, I think it's up for a couple of awards. I don't know. Anyways, and then just real quick, uh, we were, uh, me and the super, both Supernatural Bears were eating dinner, listening to the local classic, classical radio station. And then they played the Downton Abbey theme song. And I went, and I went crazy and I was like, oh, they're like, what? I'm like, oh my God, that's the theme to Downton Abbey. I was like, oh, I miss it. So I go, I think I'm gonna have to rewatch it. Oh, I've been rewatching. I'm almost done. (laughs) 
No way. Yes. I watch it when I'm, because uh, I've been purging, like, you know, because it's been holiday time. So it's a, a rare kind of semi downtime. So I was purging, yeah. going through boxes. Oh, I had my, you know, cordless, wireless headphones on with uh, the Supernatural Bears iPad and his little stand. Oh, please believe it because I've seen it already. <laughs> I don't got to look at it the whole time. So I'm just purging when I'm cooking, boo, 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 boo. You know what I'm saying? When I'm, when I'm cleaning, do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. It's on and popping. So, yeah, I'm almost done. And it's, it still holds up. It's still fantastic. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's free well, on Amazon Prime. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you should fast forward probably 60 seconds. I stopped, start now. I stopped <laughs> watching it the episode before Cousin Matthew's departure. Uh, uh, because I was like, I don't want to watch a Downton Abbey without Cousin Matthew because he is my absolute favorite. So I have no idea. That was like probably uh, season three. I think it was through five seasons. You should, refi- you should revisit it. I don't it. know. Yeah. I love him so much. He's fantastic. And, you know, they were right to end it when they did but it's great to see what happened what happens after when they return it's six months after that happens okay yeah because i'm just i'm just maybe halfway that's where you are right now yeah like i just had but yeah 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 and i was like oh it hurt all the same tears all over again (laughs) yeah uh okay yeah i think you should i I think you owe it to yourself to, to you know complete it finish it off i agree I agree. Yeah. But what I'm doing in the meantime, in between time is watching a little bit of the crown. Yeah. What are your thoughts so far? How many episodes are you in? I am. Let's see. I'm probably four episodes, Mm -hmm. five episodes into the second season of the crown. Mm -hmm. And like you said last time, exactly. 110%. The thing that to me is so interesting is that like, you look at this and you're like, what the fuck did this really happen? And then you look it up and this really happened. Right? Yeah. And it's shit that so... can like because of it's you know the UK and and their relationship to us and to the world, it's shit that could have happened that could affect it could have affected us now. Like it could have been a totally different world. You and I couldn't might not be talking right now. It's crazy. Yeah. And I have to say what what I would have said in watching the first season is that the woman who plays Elizabeth, blanking on her name, is so fucking good. She's so good. She is so good. And she won a Golden Globe, I think, for Best Actress. She's nominated again. Yeah, as she should be. She is like... I I don't have any particular affection for Queen Elizabeth, apart from being like, hey, being a queen is cool. But watching watching her and like just how God how like subtle and amazing she is playing yes. that role. Mm-hmm. A lot of nonverbal like, mad acting skills. Yeah, a lot of nonverbal acting skills, which really is so very British. Mm-hmm. Totally. totally. <laughs> like everything is in what you don't say and in the words the careful words that you choose. And ah, she is so good. Every everyone in the cast is amazing. Yes. Like the woman who plays her husband, Philip. Mm-hmm. The or I'm sorry, the man who plays Philip. Hey, sorry. Um, the woman who plays Margaret and Margaret's new beau, and all of it is just like so ah, good. it's so good and it's so interesting. I highly recommend The Crown if if you like history at all. 
it's a little it's a little slow because there's not like guns and things shooting up but yeah. it's like it it's Important riveting for sure shit. yeah it's crazy and i love it. and it, it's gorgeous the way it's shot the costumes and da, 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 da. it's just uh oh the costumes and the jewelry <laughs> and like if you're it's it's not such a big part of it that if you don't really give a fuck about like what people are wearing <laughs> it's not a big deal but if you do care about it like there is very careful thought put into like the costumes and the medals and the uniforms mm-hmm. and the crown and the this and the ah, oh, it's all, it's very beautiful. And one thing that I wanted to see if I missed, or maybe you know, or if not, then I'll definitely have to look it up. Why is she always carrying a purse? Uh-oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, no, I, I was talking, and then I realized I think that I put it on. I think I hit a button and put it on mute. Hi. Um, no, it's funny. Like she always has this sort of like matronly purse o- over her arm. Yeah, and it's like you're, it's is, her house. <laughs> yeah, like, what I know. are you carrying like, in there? Like, what? Why do you keep taking? Like, I, I really noticed the, the country is episode. yours. Yeah. Like, no one's going to jack your shit. And what do you feel like? What are you afraid that they're going to jack? Like, what are you carrying in there? Because, you know, especially this season, it's about her struggling with her looks and, you know, and, you know, stuff like that. And it's just like, well, are you powdering your nose all the time? Is your wallet up in there? Like, I don't. It's fascinating to me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 This season, this season, like, whereas the first season was really about, and I, I actually converted somebody to being a crown watcher because they were like, uh, it just sounds like, I don't know, like a soap opera or whatever. I was like, well, I guess you could say it's kind of a soap opera, but the first season is really all about what it's like to be a, to be somebody who was never intended to be a monarch. Yeah. Like you had, you had like, you had at least two people in front of you in line (laughs) and probably more if one of them procreated and here you are and you kind of like, you kind of, you were just kind of like enjoying your life and then, but here you are and now like you're, uh, you're like front and center and you have to care about kind of how you look and how you present and how happy your marriage is and is your marriage happy and what do you want in a relationship and does it matter and like, dealing with prime ministers and do you back them? Do you not back them? What are your powers? It's just, it's fascinating. Yeah. And dealing with, you know, just a super simple, but super simple things that mean that speak volume, such as having your husband have to kneel down, bow down to you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And, and I think that it's actually really interesting in that, um, Philip Mountbatten, who is Queen Elizabeth's husband, is like a total alpha male guy. Like he's not mm-hmm. the kind of guy that wants to kneel down to his wife. No, not at all. And so there's a little bit of like kind of the power struggle mm-hmm. and how do you like sort out situations in a relationship where you love your husband very much, but at the same time, like the one thing that I love about how they portray is that she would do anything to maintain like the sort of prestige and honor of the monarchy. Mm-hmm. And if that means that she needs to like kick somebody to the curb that she loves, she'll do it. Yeah. She hates doing it and you can see her hating doing it, but it's, ah, it's just fascinating. Yeah. She, she's like, it's not me. It's the crown. I didn't deny that. I didn't do that. Yeah. It's the crown. Yeah. And how do you think that works out in a relationship? Exactly. Like, I don't want you to kneel to me, but the crown says you need to. Yeah, but you have to. <laughs> and it's going to be so, televised. 
Yeah, and it'll be televised, so strap on. Um, the other the other TV show that I've been watching um, quite a bit of and I'm almost done with is the first season of The Deuce on HBO. Yeah, I heard some good things about it, especially because my man, Method Man, is up in it. Yeah, it cracked me up because I didn't realize that until like probably... I don't know, three or four episodes in and I was watching the credits and it's like so-and-so in quotes method man. I was like, Oh shit. With this Leroy the pimp. Yeah. Leroy yeah. the pimp is method man. <laughs> um, but it's actually, God, that's a really interesting one too. If, if you have any interest in, I mean, a good fucking drama for sure, but also like New York in the seventies and the early eighties and, um, you know, I, if you had ever told me that I would be watching a TV show and I would be like, well, I guess I understand where pimps are coming from. <laughs> I would have told you that you're fucking crazy. But watching this and seeing like the dynamic between prostitutes and pimps and like the, the few options open to people who were, I, I, I don't know, who've kind of like found themselves in these roles. Like, I don't think that all of the pimps want to be pimps. Certainly all of the hookers don't want to be hookers. No. And the proliferation of, um, of movies and, you know, suddenly being a porn star is however, barely kind of an option. Yeah. And it's just, it's interesting. It's all about like the porn and nightlife business in New York in the seventies and early eighties. It's fucking great. I love it. That's great. I I, I want to see it. I'm just, you know, just bombarded with all these other shows, but I figured like, let it go and see how far it goes so that I can kind of binge watch it. Um, Tariq from the lead, the lead MC from the roots is in it as well. Um, and then, uh, I hear that Maggie Gyllenhaal is amazing in it. Dude, Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, <laughs> Look, Maggie Gyllenhaal, respect is due. Like, this woman lets it all hang out. Boobs, puss, all of it. <laughs> like, I'm shocked. I'm like, you are a movie star, and you are letting people look at your boobs <laughs> all the time. And you know what? Here's the thing that I kind of like. They're not special boobs. Nice. They're not, they're they're not inflated. Yeah, they're not inflated. They're not whatever. These are boobs that have nursed a human. These are like normal boobs. Nice. And it's, it's a, it's, gosh, it's really interesting. It's definitely, it's David Simon who did The Wire. And uh, what was the other thing he did after The Wire? Uh, blanking on it at the moment. But, did he do you know, Tremay? David, uh, yeah, Tremay. Yeah. Thank you. There, um, that's good, so he he does good shit. He always does really good yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, he looks at things from all perspectives and his eye is incredibly super sympathetic to, whoever it is that he's looking at, which I find um, very interesting. Cause it's like, like I said, like I never thought that I would be watching something. And I'm like, well, I get it. You're a pimp. I get it. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. And then um, Maggie Gyllenhaal, she got nominated and met the man when he was doing his uh, press rounds for the show. He was saying, he just kept going on and on about her and how he's like, and I know that if, uh, she's not nominated for an Emmy or a Golden Globe or something. He's like, they're tripping. He's like, because she's amazing. Um, she lets it all hang out. Like, I don't know that I have maybe ever seen a movie actress do like television style with nudity and whatever, like levels of, I don't know, intimacy. Yeah. Like it is, it, it's a trip. Like you're like, holy shit, that's Maggie Gyllenhaal's vagina. I am looking <laughs> at it right now. Like it's, it's amazing. Awesome. And that's not the only reason to watch it. 
but you know, if that's your thing, fucking whatever gets somebody to whatever gets somebody to the happy place, you do your thing. <laughs> cool, man. All right. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good place to stop, wrap it up. And then yeah. um, just as promised, kids, we said in the one eight, we we're gonna start off with the bang. Here we are, first week of the year with a fucking episode for your ass. Yeah, come on. We said we'd do it, and here we are. Yeah, come on. Do we get? Do you get something? Brownie? Exactly. Something? How about some reviews, motherfuckers? How about some reviews? Yeah. How about that? Um, but you know, we're not gonna have one next week because somebody is on vacation. Yeah, somebody is going on like the world's cheapest trip to Mexico. That would be me. <laughs> so, like, if you ever have the opportunity to have your miles pay for your trip, and then to have somebody's sibling pay for your accommodations once Hell you get yeah, there, you do that shit. I highly, I highly recommend you do that shit. Yeah, awesome. Well, have a good trip, T. Uh, I. And uh, I think that's it. Okay, well, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys and to you, Ritzy. You too. Peace out, nerds. Chicha.